blessing and honor to again come before you after Nakuru Menengai 2. And we know that the conversation that the Lord released at Nakuru Menengai 2 may never be exhausted in our lifetime. Even if you began to talk, enumerate, and plan, and arrange, and, uh, and then put them in different kada, and then address them, and be awed at them, we may never finish. Because just like the prophecy said, that Nakuru Menengai too would be a pace setter, a benchmarker. Now you saw what happened there. The Lord true to his words. Isn't that amazing? In the year 2018-2019, you can say, and then it happens. That, that has shocked me. I don't know whether it has shocked you. Very much is the word. <laughs> so, I am so happy to see you. I wish I would have the whole council of bishops sitting here, but it has not been possible because it involves a lot. Movement and what? You know, that's why we try to bring those in the periphery and inside. Also, I normally long that all the thousands of pastors would be here. But I'm glad for the radio system we have, the platform that is the radio. I'm also glad for the streaming. So even now, as we are going to start this conversation, we are going to be global. And uh, they too can partake of whatever the Lord will say here. But like I said, there has been a conversation running here for three days, four days, this is the fifth day. And I want to develop a little chronology for you that even as I dispense this conversation, you have lost nothing. Because eternity is yours. Hallelujah. That is the reason I want to make sure you don't lose a thing. And uh, the belovedness of the Lord towards you is obvious now, right? And that's why whatsoever we take today, whether given here or before, we now take with gravity, right? You just take with gravity and know that that is it, you know. If I, is, I have had a conversation and today I want to open up this conversation a little wider and better. And the title of this conversation, don't worry about the title, we, I can give you several titles. The title can be or is Calibrating the Revival. To Calibrate the Revival. Are we together? Calibrating the Revival. Or some of you may want to say Reviewing the Revival. In other words, we are saying thus far the Lord has brought us but what have we learned thus far? Because you know, sometimes it's important to make a review. And I know most of you have come from offices where you're working. I bless you very much. I've blessed your offices. I'm still waiting for my daughter Joyce. Whether she'll make it, she'll make it. So, um, wherever you work or wherever you are, you really understand the importance of reviews, right? Because sometimes when you review is when you are able to lay your hands on substantive gains and areas where you think you need to, you know, or thus far you have arrived, right? And so today you could entitle it um, Reviewing the End Revival or Calibrating the End Revival. And you see I will literally do a calibration here if you so will. If that's what you've chosen or I will review. Hallelujah. Why has that become important? It has become important because what is coming out of heaven is so plenteous. Plenteous. 
is pouring out and if we did not take time to, to you know, you can easily be absorbed inside. You can easily be absorbed inside and uh, please, I'm very happy. Hallelujah. With you. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can easily be absorbed inside and the process of being absorbed inside, you could, could easily take it for granted. You understand? That's why sometimes reviews are very important. You may be so much inside and fail to know that Brazil is sitting here. Switzerland is sitting here. Francais, and uh, my very precious daughter from Taiwan is sitting here. The Chinese, one point what billion. Can you imagine? And then my precious daughter, very precious from Finland is here. They, they are all here. And my son from the Philippines is here. So you may easily get so much involved in it that you fail to recognize that just a moment, this thing does not happen. The fact that it's happening here cannot guarantee us the, 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 the window to take it for granted. Hallelujah. And so, now that it's happening here, this awakening I'm going to bring to you today is going to make you grasp it even greater. Hold it greater. You're going to say now I hold it even greater because now I've realized that this thing is not a right. And especially the fact uh, that uh, sometimes we catch ourselves in a place where let's say for example Nakuru Menengai you find that you are doing you are an usher there, right? Because people serve. You are an usher, you'll be given jurisdiction, you're serving there, you're receiving the guests, you're showing them where to sit or whatever. But sometimes doing that may make you think you are the one doing it. Are we speaking a little bit right away? Yes, I just wanted that we don't have misunderstanding. Thank you, my daughter, for coming. And I've blessed you eternally. Thank you very much. I've blessed you eternally. Thank you. Thank you. I've been looking for you so much. Thank you. So sometimes, oh, I've been told to serve drinks here. I am the one reading the names of the healed. So you are really gaining contact with the wonders of God, right? I'm the one who recorded. You are gaining contact with the wonders. And I don't want us to be caught up in a delusion where, you know, the human nature, you understand? Our ministry. We are doing this. You understand? No, no, please. We need to step back a little bit and ask, why is all this happening here? Hallelujah. And let you are welcome here. You are my daughter. I bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So now, in this process, the title, as I've said, I don't know why you're writing it. I thought there was nothing to write there. But in the process, the title, as I've said, reviewing the end revival or calibrating the end revival, I am going to walk you, systematic walk. I'm going to pass you through a walk in which we are going to meet many things, many elements, some of which you are not aware of because I know some of you, almost all of you are new probably, in terms of newness in terms of what I know. You understand? Hallelujah. As in recent people into the ministry, but most importantly, I want to be transmitting a message globally also so that they can also get their bearing and know how to get here. Are we together? Hallelujah. And so, in calibrating the revival, I want to look at how did this revival begin?
How did it begin? Maybe I'll mention when, but how is important. And in the process of looking at how it began, I'm going to be able to address myself some very key issues, important uh, tenets of this revival. For a moment, I know you want to write. Are we going to gain eye contact, please, if you don't mind? I love eye contact because I, I want to be sure I'm that this revival must come. All of you know that just a few years ago it was not there, right? Yes, so that is the place to begin. Then we are able to get our bearing. You understand? Pick some gravities here and there, the bearing, and then hold on to those things and say, wow, you have now been validated back. And in this process, focusing on me still, everybody, in this process, you will be able to see that certain objectives were set. Hallelujah. And then I'll be able to now review or calibrate you in the process of calibrating the revival. You are really sure that I want to calibrate the believer. Hallelujah. Good morning, Kenya. Yes, a time comes when we need to review, right? Because I'm saying, in this reviewing of this revival, as the Lord is about to do in a few minutes from now, you are going to find out that he is actually reviewing the, profs, the progress of the believer. Because the believer is the primo, the prime target of this revival. But the question I began with is this. Why did the Lord deem it fit to start this? And the way we look at it, he has not done this before. This one he has not done. Why? That is a perfect place to begin. Why did the Lord deem it fit to start this? Hallelujah. In other words, can I ask, can I, can I crystallize it to your person? Or you are not yet ready for it? Yes, if you are ready, but I want to crystallize it to you. Pastors, lift up your hands. And overseers and bishops. Everybody here. Th thank you, put it down. So then I want to ask you. Why did the Lord ask you to go plant that church? Or launch that church? Or develop that church? That is essentially what I'm asking, right? Because you know that eventually that has been the vehicle of delivering the revival, right? Like now you can see it's only a few people sitting here. But this will be packed, trickle down. It will really go, it will spread out like a bushfire to all the churches. Why? did the Lord deem it right to start this revival? So let me begin it right there. Follow me and listen to me and then you're going to write. I want to say the following very important things before you and before the nations. That revival by its own definition, that is the right place for me to begin. Revival normally means either that the prophet, we all know that, we are now mature to that level, right? It's a clock that is ticking towards the coming of the Messiah and the end of the age, right? But just focus on me for a moment. I'm saying, essentially, that there is a prophetic timeline of God and when the time arrives to do a thing, the Lord will normally come and execute that mission, agenda on the earth, right? So then that can be your answer. You can say, yes, that is true. So now I understand that this revival had to come because his time had arrived. Are we together? Number two. The Lord started this. Because. 
He saw that the churches, the church, needed resuscitation. Are we together? So, a revival can be rehabilitation, resurrection, resuscitation, re, uh, reconstruction, rebuilding. The Bible uses those words. I'll restore, David's re restoration. So now I brought you to a place where I'm saying that the genesis of this is the Lord deeming it right that the time has come. And number two, is the Lord finding that there is a shortage. There is a shortfall. There is a wanting. I have to move in and do something now. Hallelujah. And I need to move on. I'm just developing my uh, foundation with you. I mean, uh, a platform so we can move. Because th this is really the periphery still. So, why did the Lord deem it right to start it? Now you've seen that... When the Lord speaks, it has to be executed. So which means the Lord must have found it right. That the time to speak was, boom, had arrived. And when he spoke, when you look at the prophetic timeline, he said, that was the time set that that revival should begin. But I say that in it still, we can expound, because we are here to do so, right? We can expound and say, well, for him to say that he wants to bring the revival, there must have been a reason. Why the church needed a revival? Either a fall. So, can I, can I be more open about this now? Let me open up now more. I'm saying that uh, for the Lord to decide that he wants to resuscitate, re revive, revive the church, it must be that, uh, okay, now this is, is this repentance and holiness? Only two people in repentance. Yes, why, why this one? Why this ministry? Why this church or whatever? Because the Lord must have seen I, I don't know whether we'll continue tomorrow. Really, really, we may not finish. You know? Number four, the Lord must have seen that the issue of your precious to be able to take this awakening at this hour that, that is blessedness and <laughs> take your chair and come you always sit in front somewhere right here there is a place for you here bring one chair bring it here and you just sit here in the shed now we are live the whole world is listening to that hallelujah I tell you he's saying that there is a reason this began God had a reason to begin this. And I know all of you here, you know, you've been here uh, and so forth. But sometimes you are not here right from then. You understand? So it's really such a validation. And I'm going to ask substantive questions then. Do you, do you really know why I'm doing all this? The review. I said review and recalibration. Okay, this is called calibration. And I said review. So then, if there were many churches in the land already, and you were in those churches, or people were in the, going to them, or whatsoever, and then the Lord sets out and says, No, I think the matter of sin is not being well addressed, and set out 
to, re, to, to, to raise this altar of the Lord. Then the question becomes this. 15 years down the line, have we addressed sin? Did you understand what I want to go to? Yes. Did we achieve that objective? That's why I said review. If you don't achieve it, then why would you move on? <laughs> Leo ni Leo. And I know I'm live really, but allow me be myself. If I need to laugh, let me do so. That is amazing to you, right? That today is when we can sit back and do a spiritual inventory. You understand? We can take audit. Why, why would you build another church which is going to be the same as? Yeah, if the others are wallowing in sin, then it's only appropriate that when the Lord decided by his grace, the privilege of his grace, that this altar be raised, it's only fair to you and to the Lord that we sit here and review. If we set out to raise the altar of the Lord, why? Because sin was not being addressed there. Then now, 15 years down the line, have we addressed sin exhaustively here? Hallelujah. Leonie. Keshoni. Maybe there's no such a thing. <laughs> I'll tell you. Hey, have we addressed it? These are matters of the creator. So they are serious. In your work, with the workplaces you are, you take your thing seriously. How about matters of the creator? How more serious? How much more? Hallelujah. The reason for setting up this revival is that, are we still together on that topic? I'm simply walking through the reasons why this revival was set up. If it was set up because the issue of repentance out there was not being addressed. Christians were not repenting of sin. They were just living with sin. And then many years down the line upon the inception of this ministry have we addressed repentance and made it the whole, the centerpiece of the gospel preached here? And I think the beauty is that you, you can easily tick the boxes here, right? But please, I don't want you to get away with it easily, right? I want to pass you through this exam. This is an examination. Hallelujah. The Lord is churning out an exam now. Exam papers, people writing exams. Reviewing, calibrating the ministry, calibrating the revival. Because I said it's very easy to be caught up in the visitation and oh, that is also part of the review, by the way. That is part of the review. Why? Because I'm going to ask you at this point in time why, why, why set up the church? Why? Why was this set up? That is the question we're addressing. Why was this set up? And I'm going to tell you that the reason Christ Jesus the Messiah was sent to come and set up the church is to be able, look at this now, to be able to connect man to an eternal God. No, allow me go on. Allow me flow. Allow me move. Was to be able, can I make it better? To be able to connect mortal men to the divine eternal life of God. That man may be part, may take part in the life of God. Hey, excuse me. Even the visitations are very important here. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you. 
Maybe I have to cut my voice because we did not need him. Hallelujah. Hey. So even the visitations are in to connect mankind to heaven. That is why Jesus was sent to start the church. So therefore, I am going to do this tremendous review or calibration as you say. And then at one point, I'm going to fall back to the original blueprint when Christ raised the first church and ask. It's always important, right? To go back to the original, the original cross and ask, are we still on it? Are we still on the cross as our primer? Hallelujah. This is why, you see, I was so bottled up to talk to you about these things. I know the Thanksgiving is going to be big here. Bulls will be slaughtered here. Many oxen and, 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 uh, and sheep and, uh, and chicken. And we have to, because the Lord commands by voice. He commanded that we observe that. However, for, as we wait for that, for a moment, can we just discuss? Because Nakuru Menengai 2 was too big. We would have to sit down and, and uh, Kutafakari in Swahili, sit down and reflect on these things. I say, just a moment. How did we get here? That will help us to now grab it and move with it, right? Hallelujah. So I'm saying that the reason God normally brings forth a revival is when, for, not for example, is normally the case, is when sin is not being well addressed in the church or in the house of the Lord. Number two, I said, when repentance is not being centered in the house, Number three, I said, when faith, the issue of faith is not being addressed. I think that's one I didn't give you yet. Faith. So that people may now depend on the Lord. Why do I mention faith? Please, can somebody help me? I am mentioning faith because I'm very much aware that when Jesus went and met the Canaanite woman, the bottom line of that conversation as the daughter is being healed, he said, ah, your faith is so awesome. And again, when he went now and met, met the, the, the centurion, the bottom line of it was, he was so marveled. The creator of all faith, the author and the finisher of all faith, the one who creates and puts in you, when he met the faith of the centurion, he was so shocked, surprised, so marveled. Then from that point on, he said, when the son of man comes, will he ever find any faith left on the earth? Faith became the benchmark. That's why I'm saying, when you see that a church, a generation, a people are not addressing the matters of faith. Where I'm sick like this, run to a doctor. Sick like this, there is a surgeon. I need this, I can solve it here. Then you realize that the Lord will have to move in now. Because faith is not being addressed. Let me repeat it here. When sin is not being well addressed, repentance is not being well addressed, faith is not being well addressed. Number four, when the issue of a sanctified Christian lifestyle is not being fronted to the believer. Or is not percolating or gelling up in the life of the believer. So you and I now know that for that matter then God is justified, right? To bring this revival. Mrs. Lumala, this is big. You know we're global. I'm calling you globally, really. But this is big, right? Oh! No, because this is what will create an awakening. Say, so just a moment. Why did this thing start? And so many years down the line, have we adhered to that objective? Did we achieve? 
Are we together now? Oh, yes. Professor Kach, I know you are a recent, you're not a recent convert though, but I'm saying, <laughs> thank you for shaking your head violently, but I'm saying that when it started, you were not there. And now you are beginning to see some of the tenets, some of the, the principles that started it. What God spoke for it to be started. So it's only fair for you and for the Lord that we stop and ask, did we achieve? Have we achieved it? I'm not saying that the church mature now of, well, I could as well say that. I don't know why I was about to say I'm not saying that. Me, I want the church to be mature today that when the rapture happens today, she enters. I really want that. Really, that's what I want. But I'm not saying that today is going to set out the blowing of the trumpet. Now, now she's ready. No, I'm saying we have to show work in progress. Work in progress. Hallelujah. So you see now globally, and for those who are in those countries out there tuned in, you see the reason why it is so imperative that you establish this move of God in your country and invite the messengers. It is important. As long as sin is not being well addressed, repentance is not being championed in the church, centered in the gospel. As long as faith is not being exalted in the lives of the believers to depend on God. To the extent that now believers are depending on the world. He's justified to send a messenger to start a revival. Right? As long as the church, can I move forward? The church is focusing on the horizontal. God is justified. Why? Because I just told you what my own definition of the work of Christ in setting up the church is. I said the church was set up to connect the, the God, the mighty God of heaven to mortal man. Mortal man. So if that connection is cut and yet Christ has already gone to the cross, uh -uh, we need to bring revival. Yeah, because the very purpose of the church the very purpose, the reason. And I said, for me I would say, to bring the life of God into the church. I know for you who are sitting here in this ministry, you're like, oh how awesome. That all of the above are happening, right? But I'm saying we cannot stop talking. There are people listening globally and there are other mileages we need to score here. I said to connect the divine life of God to the life of mortal man. Oh, Kenya has seen this. If it is connecting God to mankind, we just came from where? Men and guys too. And it was prophesied and you saw with your eyes. <laughs> what an awesome audience and congregation to give this message. You saw the cloud coming all the way and connecting to man and say, this, this is it now. This is why Jesus came. Hallelujah. But we still have nations that have to do this. The Philippines is here. We have Brazil. We have uh, um, uh, Switzerland. Yes. Uh, we have my daughter, a very blessed daughter from uh, uh, Taiwan. Oh, thank you so much for saying for all of them. A very blessed daughter from Finland. All of them are here. That means those nations still need to achieve this. But Kenya cannot even say, no, we have achieved it. Let's blow the trumpet. No. I'm only saying that a review is important on this journey. Hallelujah. And so, 
if that was the conversation, the narrative of Yahweh about this mega move of God, this global move of God, right? If that was the narrative, then how did he go about it? I think that's important because all of you look like you're young in this. Uh, I mean, you are very senior here, but I'm saying as in from, gen from beginning, right? You want to hear it, right? How did he go about this? Anybody wants to know? For me, I do. Let me see who doesn't want. Oh, my daughter Kimeto wants also. That's good. That's good. I was going to tremble, really. <laughs> I tell you. How did the Lord go about setting it up to address the felt need? In other words, now we are seeing that he had to speak. And when he spoke, can you listen, focus on me for a moment before I go to how he addressed it? We are seeing that he had to speak, right? And when he spoke, you and I now almost can tell what he said. I know it's all over the web and everywhere. But you can tell that he said, my altar is broken. My altar rises in ruin. My altar is defiled. My sheep are scattered. And when they are scattered, they have become food for the devourer. And then you, you can be sure he said, and there is sin at the altar. He said, holiness is lacking. Return to holiness. Repent. You almost can tell what he said to inceive this. To afflict the earth with this. Hallelujah. That's why I was panicking about the sun. I have so much to give. And always the sun. In a short time you'll see it will be down. How many promise to stay the course? You say, we will not all sleep, right? But we will all be changed. <laughs> I tell you, awake. Because otherwise I have to do it tomorrow. <laughs> so now, once the Lord deemed it right that he needs to bring a resuscitation, renewal, restoration of the church. And then, of course, you know, he sends a messenger, right? How did he go about it? That's what the phase I want to start now. How did the Lord go about it? I know you have ideas. You are very brilliant people. You are, you are, you are, you are seniors in your own dockets and jurisdictions. So you have your ways of doing it, right? So I really respect that too. But I'm, I'm saying, I want to stand with the Lord alone. Okay? How did he go about doing this? When he decided, okay, I think the reasons are enough to bring a revival. To build a new church. How did he go about it? Are we ready? Now turn with me the book of Psalms 127 verse 1. Psalm 127 verse 1. Oh, how powerful. I wish this was on global TV. It would have saved the whole earth, right? Psalm 127 verse 1. And the bishops out there must be asking, why? What was the criteria for those who have been invited? Senior Bishop, I bless you very much. Thank you. Now, how did he go about bringing this? To being, into being, right? Can I read then? I have four versions. The wind. Can I read then? 
He says the following. I'm reading from NIV. He says, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor in vain. Hallelujah. New American Standard says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Amplified says, Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. King James says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Hallelujah. Did you understand then? Once he found out that this must happen, there are reasons enough for a revival to come, for the move of God. Then, he said, that unless the Lord build the house, the builders there at that site, they labor in vain. Hallelujah. Because he's saying that that has to be the case. That a failure to observe this law is also the reason you see all the other churches that have fallen later in the land. Because for you now to go and build your own house in your own way and then when it's said and done when now the cripples have been brought the blind people have come they want to receive God to, to feel God they want the presence of God and not find him that is tragedous a tragedy are we together? did you understand now what informed this move of God? Because I think in your sophistications, you go to PR, a PR firm, right? A public relations firm will advise you how you can start that church. Don't worry, we will, we will, we will build you. We are the ones who build so and so. Huh? We will put on TV, we will put some commercials, we will put banners. No! He's saying this one is different. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers out there, they travail in vain. Hallelujah. What is this we've gotten ourselves into? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we were coming, but we didn't, nobody told us it was this. Hmm? <laughs> Hallelujah. Unless the Lord himself build the house. That is it. When the time comes when now you want him to come to the house, he is not there. And there are very many of those churches here in this city and this land. Ay, ay, ay. How are we going to solve this then? You, you shake your head say it's unsolvable. This is complex. Unless the Lord do it. And just to underscore to you the big tragedy that does take place when the Lord does not build it. Can you turn with me, with me to the book of uh, Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 to 9 or so. I may not read it all. That we may see when, when, what, what is happening in the land and what is happening globally right now. Across all the nations globally right now. Hallelujah. Including in Kenya. I mean the other churches, right? Oh yes, because we have to say it clear, clean and clear. You know, for me, I speak for the Lord, right? 
So I have to say it as it is to help them. That's why you have a lot of them now seeing the light, right? And reading in a bit of the shade here, I'm going to do this, don't worry. If he's saying the book of Genesis chapter 11, so I can turn and then I'll have the shade, right? Thank you, I have it. Genesis chapter 11, okay. Genesis 11, I'm reading from verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Verse 2. As men moved eastward, they found the plain of Shinar and settled there. Are we together? Verse 3. They say to each other, come let us make bricks and bake them parallel. Is somebody with me? <laughs> Is somebody with me? The travailing and the laboring. We understand. And bake them what? Thoroughly. Meaning for we know where we are headed to, right? And then he said, and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches to heaven so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered all over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down. So I want to stop there. You can read the rest, the, the rest for yourself. Unless the Lord build the house, the laborers down there at that construction site, they travail in vain because you know that it's going to come down. It's going to come down. And now I'm demonstrating to you when the Lord does not build the house. Can I open up a little bit? So, this Tower of Babel that you see all over the earth and all over the land, all over Nairobi, they are built those Towers of Babel. The churches you see across here in many nations. That is essential an attempt by mankind to reach God without holiness. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Attempting to reach God without Christ. That is mankind attempting to reach God based on human effort. Oy. That is essentially the rebellion you see in the house of the Lord now. That's the rebellion. That is the rejection of God that you see in Revelation 12 verses 7 to 9. I'm reading it right away. I am now expounding to you what is happening in the house of the Lord globally. This is powerful you people. Amen. Hallelujah! This is very mighty here. <laughs> I tell you, I wish I had all the council bishops here and the pastors, but I cannot. So I don't know. <laughs> the Lord loves you. <laughs> I think you're, you're saying, no, he, the two stay in the city, right? No, this is so powerful. I'm glad it's on radio. Then you can understand. After he decided he wants to build his house, house of revival, the house of the Lord, how did he go about it? That's what we are looking at. 
And we are seeing that unless the Lord Yahweh build the house, the construction workers at that construction site, they labor in vain. Because he will come down. Right? He will come down. Hey. And that's why you see, the churches globally have come down. And I said, that Tower of Babel you see littering the nations of the earth right now, is the symbol, it's because of the falling. It is the rebellion against the holiness of God. It is the rebellion against obedience to God. So essentially it is disobedience to God, disobeying God. Are we together? Hey, disobeying God. That is tremendous, right? Disobeying God. And yet, look at this now. They focus on me now. Thank you, my son, Dr. Chirchu. Thank you, my son. So, so focus on me now. He's saying, they are building it, they are baked it thoroughly. The foundations they have dug, especially based on where they want to reach. Right? And they are building it and laying the bricks that are thoroughly baked. And the objective is one. They are like, we have to succeed in our mission. Right? They want to arrive up there. And if this is the top, and say, hello God, guess who is here? They want to reach God. No, yes, they want to reach heaven. They want to reach God, excuse me, and surprise God or what? <laughs> without, without holiness, I mean without Christ, because without holiness means without Christ. Yeah, let's just be plain and clear. How? Why do you why do you say Anatembea now? Because she's always in his car. Eh? Whatever. We know him when last time it was the other. So hey, they always still believe. They rush there. They're very dedicated about it. Morning glory, lunch hour worship, evening glory. They always think they're still on the way to heaven. How did the Lord Go about constructing it. Once he decided he has to build it. My daughter, this is serious, right? This is my Lord. So serious, serious, and serious because of eternity. Yes. This one is serious. Thank you. Thank you. This one's very serious. Hmm? Hey. And he said, that is the epitome. It is the symbolism of the rebellion against God, disobedience unto the Lord. It is the, the refusal of holiness. It is the refusal to take repentance. The refusal, I said, it is uh, pride, human pride that you see in the church today that refuses them from coming to these two and asking, what has the Lord said? Human pride. Human pride. Oh, I tell you, human pride. Human effort. Let, let me show you that human effort, right? Genesis chapter 3 verse 7. So you may understand when I say that building of the house without the Lord is human effort. Genesis 3 7, he says the following. 
Genesis 3.7, it says, it says clearly here, and I'm reading out of the four versions I take in IV. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings unto themselves. And the Lord said, Nay, nay, nay. You can't use that to come to me. Until you went to Genesis 3.21. 3.21 now is when the Lord now steps in in his way to cure the whole thing, right? And it says, the Lord made garments of skin for Adam and Eve and clothed them, meaning now we can fellowship. So are you, no, no, people, people, please, please, let, let us talk. Let us talk because I know now I've brought you to a place where now I can engage you, right? Yes, because when we were starting, you were like, where is this headed to, right? But now we can talk. Now I'm happy I brought you to a place where you understand the issues that are being processed here, deliberated here. He's saying that worship belongs to the Lord. Worship does belong to who? The Lord. And strictly the Lord and the Lord alone determines the standard of worship. Have you understood that now? Can I prove to you that? Are you ready or not yet? Revelation chapter 11. I'm reading only verse 1. That worship belongs to the Lord. So you cannot build a house of worshipping the Lord on your own accord by your own design and attempt to live out the design of the cross. What is this going on, you people? This is tragedy. Let's just declare it, right? We declare that there is a disaster in the house, right? He's saying that you, are, you want to reach God and you want to do it your way. Thank you, my son, Bishop, Senior Bishop Yankins. You said, uh-uh, please. No, you want to reach him. And you want now to start baking thoroughly for reaching up because you know where you are headed to. And you're saying you have to be successful on this mission, right? Revelation chapter 11, I'm reading only verse 1 before I go to 19. Revelation 11, verse 1, look at what he says here. He says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar and measure the worshippers there. I'm reading now New American Standard. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff. And someone said, get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and those worshipping in it. I'm reading Amplified. He said, a reed, a measuring rod was given to me shaped like a staff and I was told rise up and measure the sanctuary of God and the altar of incense and the number of those worshipping there and then I go to King James he says and there was given me a reed like unto a rod and an angel stood and saying rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein hey I was given what? A rod. A measuring rod. One. To go measure the body of Christ. 
How? How? Then surely worship belongs to the Lord. And the standards thereat are his. He determines the standard of worship. How you are going to approach him, right? And, and worship him. You cannot say, no, I want to come my own way. That is where the tragedy is on the earth. And that is the reason now he decided to send these two messengers to go and reestablish the standard of God in worship and ensure that it is unquestionable, undeniable, unmistakable, incontrovertible, undebatable. Hallelujah. Undebatable. Unmistakable. When you see, you say, that is the standard of God. He said, no. Hey! How can you do that? To make sure it's unquestionable, undeniable, unmistakable. Right? Incontrovertible. <laughs> I tell you, undebatable. Undiscussable. Eh? He said, take this measuring rod and go and measure the body of Christ. Meaning, if the standard of holiness that is being pronounced here today and righteousness being pronounced here today is this, then that standard applies in Australia, in Europe, in Africa, in South America, in Canada, everywhere. Islands. In the ocean too. Go measure the body of Christ. And go there and measure for me the worshippers and tell me if they measure. Hallelujah. Onasema kumewaka leo hapa. Sana. Sana sana. Tena sana. Sana kabisa. Hey. Unbelievable. Hey. You see, a moment has to come when a review has to be done. And I'm saying, we haven't yet begun the review. I'm only laying the foundation how he went about implementing that which he spoke when he said time for revival now. But after that, we are then going to now take the measurements. That if the purpose of the church was to be able to connect the life of mortal man, engineer Lueng, the life of mortal man to the divine life of God, then have we achieved it? Are cripples walking? Are people connected to God? Excuse me, is the cloud coming? Is the rain coming? So we are going to talk things. There is so much to talk. I said I may not finish. I am worried. I am what? Worried. Whether I will be successful in my mission. Remember I told you. I said I'm, I'm pushing on. I'm work in progress. I'm travailing on. I want to accomplish my mission. I want to be successful today. Hallelujah. And so he's saying mighty things, my son, Etori. He's saying that the standard of worship is God's. So if we want to worship him, we'd rather submit and obey and then worship. Otherwise, we're in deep trouble. It's coming down. He's doing what? Coming down. However much you bake the bricks, it's coming down. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. Sometimes you feel like shutting this whole message here and calling all the bishops tomorrow to come. And now they're listening. They're like, what? Did I hear properly? Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> I tell you, who doesn't want to enter? Who doesn't want to disciple their own? 
in their jurisdictions to go preach it and make sure the churches are ablaze this weekend with this. The awakening, the measuring, the calibration of Christian salvation, the reviewing of Christian lifestyle. Hallelujah. Kumbe, you sneaked in from Molo. You know we are global. I don't have to do this thing. Hallelujah. He's saying, no. But you can go to many other scriptures. If you go to Revelation 19, you see a garment there, right? And it's the same garment, standard of garment, used to measure Nigeria, to measure Cote d'Ivoire, to measure South Africa, to measure Argentina, to measure Brazil, to measure El Salvador, to measure all the nations, Costa Rica, to measure the U.S. from Californian coast all the way this way, East Coast. And he's saying, Revelation 19, He's saying verses, verse 7 is all, verse 8 is what we want. And he's saying, fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteousness of the church. One garment was given to the church, not two. In reality, we know there are two garments, right? Either you're wearing the finest linen, bright and clean, the garment of the Lord, or you're wearing the other one, purple, which is the garment of the devil. Right? But I'm talking about the Lord's garment. It's one. So don't tell me, no, because we are modern, we have another standard. Please, with all due respect about your modernism, but please, allow me to stand with the Lord alone. Right? Hey. Are we heading somewhere? And this is big. Today this is big because I've not yet begun. So this is really going to resonate uh, even as you sleep you are going to hear it. Hear it eh? Yes. It's going to be resonating until morning. Right? Because he's saying it's only fair that I tell you people how did it begin? So he's saying unless the Lord build the house the laborers therein, there at that site, they travail in vain. Because they put a signpost. It's normally a signpost. They put, say, men at work. They put it so they're working. He said they travail in vain. Unless the Lord build it, please forget it. It's coming down. Coming down. Hey, what manner of someone is this? And he's saying, he's saying, that's why for this one, when the two messengers were sent, the Lord himself had to build it. Hallelujah. Oh yes, you need to know the basics. How did it all begin? What are the foundations? Lest we run into misunderstandings. Is that not true, Gertrude? Lest we get into misunderstandings, right? I don't hear you nothing. Yes, we need to be right on it. And for me, the big thing is one. To eventually be, bring you to a place whereby we'll say, okay then, if that is all that was set to be achieved many years down the line, have I achieved it in my life? Have we achieved it in the church? And have I, meaning have I, I said I'm probing the believer, the believer in the process. Have I achieved it in my life? If the objective was to be able to come and center and center holiness in the church. Many years down the line, you are worshipping here. Have you centered holiness in your life? 
This is it now. So how did he go about it? Hallelujah. Unless the Lord build the house, the builders there travail in vain. Right? Can we keep moving on? Hallelujah. To address sin. I said, the horizontal life I name it. So now, again, one more scripture in terms of the foundation, then I'll be able to give you a break on that and skip into something else. The book of Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 28, and you'll find that I don't read it all because of the point I want to underscore. Hallelujah. Matthew, I said which one? 7, 24 on, right? This is what he says. Matthew 7, 24 on. He says. And, and you see, uh, if you look at the subtitles on my Bible here, the New American Standard says, the two foundations. And uh, King James says, the wise and foolish builders, and the wise and foolish builders for NIV. Listen to what he says. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who laid the rock and built it. How was it built? Now you are beginning to understand. It was built by the Lord himself. The Lord is your way. He said, unless the Lord build the house, the workers at that site, men at work, they put a signpost. He said, they travail in vain. Why? It's coming down. And then he's saying here, here that on this one here, the foundation that was used is this. That whenever the Lord speaks, everybody, one billion percent must obey. If it means stopping the preaching to listen to radio, you're going to do it, baby. On listening, hearing, and obeying. Hey. And they said, then that is the rock hmm. on which it was built. Ay, ay, ay. What a wonderful morning here in Nairobi. It is a new day. Because I said, lest you move with the wave, huh? with the wave, and you don't get to know the basics. The things that matter most. Hallelujah. Wasn't it important to come to you? Very, I see Hilda saying, very, very much. At least for me. Me too. Hallelujah. Thank you, my daughter. <laughs> the senior counsel there, right? I, no. No, 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 no. It says, based on when he speaks, we all must obey. And if he, if he says this direction, we all head this direction. And then he says, in that way, he built it on the rock. No wonder somebody came and told me, well, uh, I just wanted you to know that in the history of revival, in the history of the Bible, this, if I'm not mistaken, I've, re I've gone through all, this is the longest running revival in the history of the Bible. It rather ran forever until the Messiah comes. Yes. It rather run until the Messiah comes. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? It's embedded and riveted on the rock. 